Are you stuck on where to start when it comes to getting in shape, feeling more confident in your body, or eating right? I want to break the idea that you have to stick to a diet and crazy workout routine in order to be healthy and reach your goals. Hi guys, I'm Emily Kaufman. I was a burnt out Division 1 athlete, turned stay at home couch potato, now turned group fitness junkie. If you're ready to ditch finding the perfect diet and workout routines that make you feel weak, this is the place for you. Welcome to the tribe, Girls Gone Healthy. Hey guys, we have a great interview today with Sophie and I love Sophie's story because she used to focus her nutrition on a way to maintain her weight as a way to lose weight and then she had to deal with some medical complications in her life and it was when that happened that she made her shift of, okay, I can start to use foods to my advantage. I can start to use these foods to improve my health and I love that shift that she made and she shares about how you can make that shift in your life as well. But before we go into that, I do have two things. So one, we do have an Instagram for the podcast. It's pretty new. It's Girls Gone Healthy podcast, but go check it out. I love engaging with you guys there. I love talking with you and I ask a lot of questions about what you want to see from the episodes, what you enjoyed. Um, I keep you up to date on the book club. So I just finished the book for September yesterday and we're going to start talking about it. So go connect with me there. And then that leads me into the second one too is just that I love hearing from you guys. So I'm going to read this week's review of the week from Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't already, please go leave me one there. I love hearing these from you. So this week it's from the username I am Ro Thomas and they say, great show. I want to be healthy, but I don't have time for the typical fitness lifestyle I see on Instagram and YouTube. This show takes a much more realistic approach and makes staying healthy feel more attainable. Love it. So thank you so much for that feedback and go follow me on Instagram now. Hi guys, so today we're joined by Sophie and she has an incredible story. So after surviving her cancer diagnosis in her 20s, Sophie experienced a stroke relating to her cancer treatment, which left her unable to walk. She was restricted to a wheelchair and told to expect to need one for the rest of her life. So she wanted to keep a healthy lifestyle and maintain her weight, even through recovery. So she went into learning about foods and how they could affect things like her immune system and inflammation. She then went back to school to become a certified nutritional therapist, and she specializes in natural weight loss, balancing of hormones, and boosting the immune system while reducing chronic pain. She's passionate and empathetic and truly understands how to empower women to take back ownership of their health. I'm so happy you're joining us today, Sophie. Thank you, Emily. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so I wanted to know a little bit more about your story. So what was your diet and nutrition like before being diagnosed with cancer? Is this something that you've always been cautious of throughout your life? Well, funny enough, I was very cautious of keeping my weight down and keeping thin. You know, it was all about how I looked. It wasn't how healthy I was because I had no idea diet foods were not good for you. And unfortunately, I was a Diet Coke drinker. So I did, and I'm rather embarrassed to admit this, I did have about eight to 10 cans of Diet Coke a day because I just thought it won't make me fat. At the time, I thought it made me alert, gave me energy, and it's really satisfying, a drink of Diet Coke. 
So little did I know all the research behind Diet Coke and the effect it can have on cancer. So I, you know, I ate a pretty balanced diet. I was brought up with like three healthy meals a day. But other than my Diet Coke addiction and perhaps liking chocolate a little bit too much, I wouldn't say I was abnormal. I didn't have processed foods. I've always loved cooking. I come from a family who love cooking. So from that perspective, um, other than the Diet Coke, I was pretty healthy. Yeah. So you said that you were aware, though, of diet culture and things like that. So was that more of the fad diets versus nutritional diet? Back then, I mean, I'm five foot ten, so I like to keep thin to wear my size 10 jeans. So and if my jeans never fitted me, I'd always be very self-conscious because I am very much into fashion. And I feel better, more confident about myself when I'm a smaller weight. Um, so no, I was more into the way I looked than diet culture. I have tried things like Slimmer's World and Weight Watchers in the past, and they did work for me, but um, I managed to keep it down with low-fat foods and diet foods. So it's not particularly the most healthiest diet, to be honest with you. You know, now I'm a nutritional therapist, I look back and I think, why on earth? You know, I lived hell for so many years, and it was so needless I could have enjoyed my life so much more if I knew how to maintain my weight in a healthy, delicious way, because it is completely possible. Yeah. So did you decide to go into nutritional therapist, that role, after you realized the effects of food, or did you become more aware of it as you were studying? Well, the reason I became a nutritional therapist, there are several. The first one, once I beat cancer, I then developed a lot of gut issues so I had a lot of dysbiosis so basically I'd eat tomatoes and onions and my stomach would react it would be inflamed so I actually went to see quite a few nutritional therapists and one in particular changed the quality of my life and I remember thinking wow what an an amazing job you know, this lady has changed my life forever. And I'm so grateful. And I have a different quality of life. I would love to do something like that for someone else. So and I didn't know and not many people know, having um, certain forms of cancer treatment do make your blood sticky. So you're a higher risk of having a stroke. It's more well known now, but back in the day, this is 17 years ago when I had cancer, it wasn't well known. So the fact that I had a stroke, was in a coma for a week and then came out of the coma and had to learn to walk again and use the left side of my body again. And having a lot of time to think, you imagine I spent five months in hospital And I just really thought to myself, what do I want to do? You know, I've been given another chance at life. So I wanted to do something, helping others and actually changing the quality of their life forever, having a huge impact on them. So I thought, why don't I become a nutritional therapist? It's something I love. You know, how difficult can that be? So I went back to university to learn. I did a three year course 
thinking it was going to be easy peasy, all about vitamins and minerals. Little did I know there was a lot of biochemistry and maths involved. So, but because I loved it so much, I completely got it really quickly. And I absolutely love what I do. That's awesome. And then you have that incredible backstory of how it's affected you too, which I'm sure really helps your clients. So it sounded like for you, it was a lot of trial and error at first, but then once you found that therapist that worked and you started to see the results, you're like, wow, this is amazing. I've seen great results. I want to learn more about this. Exactly. And I was on they, the hospital's policy when you've had a stroke, they always put you on certain tablets. Um, and that, you know, I left hospital with a huge bag of tablets. And I was like, do you know what? I feel horrendous on these. You know, you can taste the chemicals in your mouth. You have to remember to take them in the morning, lunchtime and evening. And I just thought they're not good for me either. So I gradually, with my doctor's permission, slowly came off all of them, apart from the blood thinner. I'm on that for life. Um, But, you know, considering that, I really changed the quality of my life. I managed to lose two stone you know, and I can't, I'm still walking with a stick now. So you imagine I can't run, I can't do high um, impact exercise. So for that alone, the fact I could lose weight pretty quickly, and I helped lots of particularly women and, and some men lose weight. I've got a private Facebook group with thousands of women kind of supporting them each week with natural weight loss tips, ways to speed up your metabolism, how to feel energized. And I share lots of great tips. So that's really helped me. And I think it's helped a lot of my clients as well. Yeah, that's awesome that you're able to use that experience to help others. Because it's also like you weren't trying to go through recovery in order to go from a wheelchair to running again. You're like, no, I just want to feel better in my body. I want to maybe wean off some of these medicines so I'm not so reliant on it and just using a more natural path and using foods and diet to get you there. I mean, there's so many things you can do to stay healthy with your diet. And I know we're going to probably discuss about vitamins and minerals But the fact that um, macronutrients and things have changed over the years with farming methods, things have changed as well. For example, 50 years ago, our grandparents could have one orange. And for us to get the same amount of vitamin C as they got from one orange, I would have to have six oranges. That is crazy. I'm like... Why are they doing this to our food? Surely they want us to be healthier. There are more toxins in the environment than ever before. So I just feel that we should all be educated. And that's where I that's why I chose to become a nutritional therapist and not a dietitian or a nutritionist. Because a nutritional therapist is kind of a 360 degree approach. You look at not only diet, but you look at lifestyle, stresses, family history and everything like that, because that all makes a huge impact on your health. Your emotions, people keep forgetting your emotions have a huge impact on your health. 
for example, if you're embarrassed, you blush. That is a, a mental emotion having a physical reaction in your body. It's your bodies are so incredible. They know how to heal. They know what they want to survive and be at their best. I just find it fascinating. Yeah, that's incredible. And you're right. It is really important to be educated on that because everyone's body does work a little differently. And I had no idea that fact about, you know, getting vitamin C from oranges because we see how things have changed and we've even seen how fruits gotten bigger over the years, but also the quality of them has changed too. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about what you do with your practice, because I know that you mentioned you like to evaluate how different foods react to you. So you see what energizes you, which ones are maybe causing inflammation. And I was just wondering if you could talk about what you look for with those. I'm not sure if it's something that's super obvious, but for someone who's just starting out with looking to see how foods affect them, is there something we should look for? The one thing I would say is rather than going for these expensive food intolerance tests, basically, I would actually say keep a food journal. It's such a simple, easy tip. But for example, if you're journaling every day what you're eating, I also tell clients to journal and rate how they feel out of 10 each day. So, for example, if they're eating things like coleslaw or brassica vegetables and they're feeling super tired and drained, okay, so there isn't a link. So what... Um, condition is there a link with brassica vegetables which we know is thyroid so then I would get a full thyroid panel done for a client and nine times out of ten they've got a thyroid issue it's really interesting a lot of clients have vitamin d deficiencies in the UK where I am we are actually told by the government over the winter months to actually supplement with vitamin D3. And you can get this from food, but mostly from sunlight. So the foods, um, oily fish, mushrooms, um, eggs are great sources of vitamin D. But when you supplement, you want to take vitamin D3 because that will really help you. Um, you get a lot of fortified nut milks that have got vitamin D2 the body can't absorb it in the same way. So I, I I use a make called Better You. I don't know if you have that in the US, but um, you can just spray it on your tongue and it's got a lovely minty fresh flavour and you can just have like a couple of sprays a day, you're done. And vitamin D can really help energise you. It can really help you if you get a foggy head and um, it's really good for focus as well and uh, mental health there's a lot of research with vitamin d and people's mental health so that really helps support them yeah so just if they start keeping a track of what foods they're eating and then over time you can notice okay on the days that i don't feel that well i'm not that energized i always start with this breakfast then you can kind of start narrowing in on those and that could be exactly and like it's really good it's really helpful for me to see clients that do a food journal because did you know if you keep eating the same things every day you're putting yourself at a higher risk of having a food intolerance from the foods that you eat every single day so your best 
the best thing I can say to any client, firstly, have a food journal. Secondly, mix up your diet and eat completely different things every single day. But always try and include lots of rich, dark, coloured fruits and veg every day. I aim for about 10 to 15 a day. I'm lucky I actually really enjoy salads and vegetables and I have lots of yummy recipes on my website so um, that's what people can do every day and it'll really help their health and it will really help strengthen their immune system which is particularly important right now. Yeah so your goal after working with clients is to come up with a whole array of different things they can eat lots of different fruits and vegetables to include in each meal to diversify it. That's right. Yeah, so I know that you talk about how food can help with a lot of physical issues, but are there any mental health benefits that you can have from your diet? Well, it's really interesting you say that. There's a lot of research with the gut-brain um, axes, um, and there's so many, there's hundreds of studies done on this because our gut is our second brain. In fact, it's probably bigger than our brain. Um, so yes, the good bacteria makes a huge difference. So having supplementing with foods that foods that are prebiotics are the foods that feed the good bacteria. So they're basic foods like fruits and vegetable, anything natural. So for example, I want people to be eating foods that they have on their plate that are the same in nature. For example, an apple is the same as an apple that you would pick from a tree, whereas a, a, some cereal is completely manufactured and it's going to have a lot of processed stuff in it, which isn't going to be so easy for your body to break down. So you want natural foods because they have natural enzymes, particularly if you're eating seasonal foods because the vitamins and minerals from those seasonal foods will help protect your immune system for different times of the year. So that's really key and that's super important. So, and also things like taking omega-3s are really good for mental health. So you can get omega-3s from your oily fish. I always tell people to remember SMASH, that salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines and herring or avocado seeds and things like that. Olive oil, hemp oil, and they're great in omega-3. But also um, you want to be reducing processed food because that's omega-6 and that increases inflammation. Other things that increase inflammation, you've got to look at your environment where you live and also you know, lovely, I, I know I shouldn't mention a name, but Joe Malone candles, which are divine, they're inflammatory. Um, they're not natural, so they're going to cause inflammation in the body. Things like smoking or petrol or pollution, that's going to cause inflammation in the body. Stress is going to be causing inflammation in the body. I really believe the fact now we are available 24-7 is not a good thing for our health. So we really have to manage our health and our stress levels. So that's something I help clients with. For example, just one really easy thing is not to have your phone by your bed. 
Now, a lot of people tell me, oh, no, that's not possible. I have to. I use it as my alarm clock. OK, so turn it onto aeroplane mode at the very least. You know, just little tweaks like that can make such a difference. And I think it's so important. So it's something I support clients with. Yeah. So it goes back to what you're saying as being a nutritional therapist, it's the full approach of lifestyle, activity, environment is not just strictly diet. And also, something I didn't mention, a lot of the gut bacteria, there's lots of studies to say that the gut bacteria can actually cause, um, it can contribute towards bipolar, autism and different mental disorders and depression. You know, if you are having like lots of vegetables and fruit and eating really healthy, you generally have a flatter stomach, you have more energy and you feel happier. If someone has like McDonald's full fat Coke and takeouts all the time, chances are they're going to feel tired and sluggish. Their weight's going to be higher. They're going to have more inflammation in their body and they're more likely to be unhappy and their brain won't be working so effectively either. Yeah, that's so interesting to what you're saying about the gut health, because it's like what you're eating goes into your gut and then your gut has such a strong impact on different mental disorders and how your brain functions. So I think that's a huge thing to take out of it, too. Like what you're feeding isn't just to help you run physically, but also just mentally, too. Exactly. And another thing I'd like to add eating probiotic foods can really support your gut they're things like kombucha kefir sauerkraut because they contain the good bacteria so and they're really going to help you and that really helps with your emotions it helps reduce bloating and it helps with body detoxification because that's something that's very important and often if you're not detoxing for example hormones they then get recycled in the body. And that's when you get things like PCOS, endometriosis and fibroids. And it can affect fertility as well. So these are all such key things. And this all comes from your gut and the food you eat. That's incredible because we obviously see it on the extreme scales that you're just talking about. You know, if I have a full day of traveling and I'm just eating fast food, just eating takeout, I do know that I feel sluggish. But on the other hand, when I'm eating my normal diet or like what I usually tend to go towards and I'm not thinking about, oh, well, how much better could I feel if I even added one vegetable to this or how much better could I feel if I added a kombucha or something that would help my gut health? And so I think that's really important too that you have been talking about. Just diversify a little bit, help with that gut health, help with the clarity. And there's always like one little thing, one little tweak you can do better. I'm not one of those people like just have a raw vegan vegetable diet. I'm one of those. I'm probably quite laid back in my approach. Um, A little of everything. So I'm not saying no to alcohol because I actually think if you can have like organic um, red wine that's sulfate free, that isn't so bad. And also a lot of my clients, they can't give up their gin and tonic in the evenings and it's a nice treat at the weekend. So they, I've said, okay, you can have it, but have it with kombucha instead of tonic water. You know, let's think smart. If you have chocolate, try and have raw cacao or cocoa content 
over 80%. Little small tweaks make all the difference. Yeah, that's so important. And so this kind of leads me into my next question too, is since everyone is different and their needs are different, how do you suggest a person get started with improving their nutrition? What I look at with people, I look at them as a whole. So when they come to me, I look at their medical history, their family medical history. Then I look at the seven systems of their body. So a lot of people, everyone is completely unique. Our fingerprints and our DNA is unique. So what might work for your sister, she's been on a diet and she's lost 10 pounds in 10 weeks. You know, you should try it. That might not necessarily work for you. Particularly, for example, if you've got a thyroid disorder, that's where a nutritional therapist would get to the bottom of it. Because you could end up eating a lettuce leaf a day and not losing weight, you know, which is really disheartening and really difficult and frustrating. So what I say to people, the best thing to do, I like people to get all their macronutrients from a really good quality diet that's varied and it's got like at least 10 fruits and vegetables in in a day I prefer them to have at least six vegetables and then four different fruit and it's just having depending on their height depends how much protein they need always try and get the best quality thing of anything you can have like if you have chicken and you can afford it get organic grass-fed chicken you know, little things like that, tweaks, that all makes a huge difference. But the first thing I would say is drink water, drink at least two litres of filtered water a day. Yeah, so that's something that's free and it's easy. And you think that that will even just make a huge impact if people at first, do you see that people aren't drinking enough water? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) The average Brit drinks two glasses of water a day wow and you sweat out more than that sometimes just from one workout if you exercise that day so (laughs) perhaps the average brick doesn't doesn't go to the gym as much either (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this is my last question for you here and you mentioned it a little bit with the vitamin d but if someone isn't able to get the recommended amount of servings of either vitamins, minerals, anything like that from food, what is your philosophy on adding supplements into their diet? Do you know what? As a nutritional therapist, I prefer everyone to focus on food first. However, as our foods are less nutrient de- you know, um, dense because of the changing of farming, etc., and there's more toxins in our environment... I've got absolutely no problem people taking supplements, but get the best quality supplements you can. So look out for colours and fillers and preservatives and e-numbers and try and get a vegan, the purest quality and the best you can afford. Because I can guarantee um, if you get really good quality supplement, you won't forget to take it because you'll actually notice the difference. For example... Um, There are so many different supplements available. Um, Most people are deficient in magnesium, but there are so many different forms of magnesium you can buy. You can have magnesium citrate or taurate. It really depends on your body type and what your needs are, which type you need to take. 
So I take magnesium taurate to help me sleep and it's amazing, but it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. So I just think we need to look at people individually and don't just supplement because your friend is supplementing. A lot of people take um, iron and think, oh, I'm feeling tired. I think I might be anemic. Can I say never take iron just because you think you're anemic? If people knew how dangerous that could be, iron actually, I could get into trouble for saying this, but taking iron when you don't need it and you're not anemic, iron can contribute too much towards cancer. It can be carcinogenic. So unless you're a teenage girl and you're more likely to be anemic or you're a much more mature person, please get this tested first. And things, if you are on a blood thinner or an ACE inhibitor, which is a blood pressure medication, you need to be careful with omega-3 supplements because they interact. It's Can I just say, if you take anything, please get advice first and at least ask your doctor or a nutritional therapist. A nutritional therapist is qualified and can look at any interactions. Most nutritional therapists, you can get on the phone quickly, have a five-minute conversation and just say, does this interact with this medication? And most people would help. I've done that for so many people. You know, please don't take something because you're not sure. So that's my best bit of advice I could give. Yeah, so your philosophy is definitely prioritize trying to get all of your supplements from food. But then if you're severely lacking in one area and you're advised by a doctor that you need more of it in your diet, then that's when you can add in the supplements. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. I just wanted to give you some time here now to talk a little bit more about your Facebook group and then sort of what other offerings you have. Sure. Thank you. I've got something called the Holistic Natural Weight Loss Group. It's on Facebook and there's thousands of fantastic people involved in there. Do jump on board if you're interested in losing or maintaining weight or just keeping um understanding what the latest research is in weight loss I also I'm very active on Instagram and my Instagram handle is Sophie Wedlock Smith I'm on there every single day sharing recipes and quotes and I talk about the things I specialize in in natural weight loss in thyroid disorders fertility menopause and reducing inflammation and pain and helping people with chronic fatigue. So you can always find me on those. So your Instagram's the best one, and that's Sophie Wedlock Smith. And I'm always happy to help if people are on medication and they want to just jump online and say, look, I'm taking this, does this interact with this? I'm always happy to help people. I couldn't bear to think they're taking something they shouldn't. Oh, and another really important thing, a lot of people that take iron, take it in the morning after breakfast, and it's not absorbed with dairy or caffeine, and people tend to have cereal and a cup of tea or coffee in the morning, so they're not going to absorb the iron anyway. It's just little tips like that really going to help people and make them feel better about themselves and better about their health.
Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. There's so much that you aren't even thinking about, like time of day, what you're taking it with. So if you guys have any questions on any of these topics that we talked about today, Sophie is a wealth of knowledge. I will put all of her information in the bio below. Go reach out to her. Go find her on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for joining us today, Sophie. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast, at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.